breathe. Just breathe. Reach out with your feelings. What do you see? The island. Life. Death and decay. That feeds new life. Warmth. Cold. Peace. Violence. And between it all. Balance. Energy. A force. And inside you. Inside me. That same force. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode 299, Force Training. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Carl LeClaire, and I am joined by the Ray to my Luke. We've got Katie Horn. <laughs> hey, hey there, Carl. I've been holding this lightsaber out for about two years now. You're going to take it? I'm going to do it. Really just testing your arm and shoulder strength, to be honest. So, <laughs> oh, my, oh, my arm's so tired. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those old, uh, like, Japanese samurai movies or something where you, like, yeah. make your student do something extremely uncomfortable for as long as possible. See how faithful they are to your ways. So. <laughs> no, I would just, honestly, I would just drop the lightsaber after about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> feel like, you know what? Whatever. It's on the Sometime floor if you want. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Unfortunately, Jason couldn't be couldn't be with us tonight because uh, he's he's been getting kind of sick. He told me he's losing his voice, unfortunately. So, Aww. as but it's great because I've got you, Katie, and I am really excited about this topic. We are going to be talking about what essentially is force training. Um, you know, specifically looking at Empire Strikes Back and Last Jedi, looking at the training Luke gets on Dagobah from Yoda. What is it ultimately about? And looking at how in some way he actually does pass on some of those teachings to Rey in Last Jedi. And just looking at a little bit of difference between how um, Luke was trained on Dagobah and how Rey was and wasn't trained on Octo. Um, but before we get into to the, the nuts and bolts of all that, as um, I want to give a quick shout out of, of thanks to our two most recent iTunes reviews from J, JK Dodo and Bo Bailey 2323. Uh, thank you both for taking the time to write reviews on the iTunes store. Um, again, it really helps us just be more visible in the world of the interwebs. And uh, if you enjoy the show, of course, we, we really appreciate those iTunes reviews. So please keep them coming. Um, yeah, and, thank you guys. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm surprised, Katie, that like all the reviews lately haven't just been like, Katie Horn's the best. <laughs> Drop Carl and Jason. Let the Wampa's lair be the Katie Horn lair. <laughs> I just stick, yeah, I just stick the Wampa on you. The Wampa finally eats you. 
<laughs> I'm the only one left standing. Oh my gosh. I'm honestly just glad that the reviews aren't like one star. The show's gone totally downhill since I brought Katie on board. No way. What's even happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like, you know, I'm, that great quote in uh, Jurassic Park God creates dinosaur, God destroys dinosaur. <laughs> God, God creates man, man destroys God, man creates dinosaur. And then Ellie Sattler, dinosaur <laughs> eat man, women inherit the earth. Yes, women so inherit, yes, exactly. Woman <laughs> trains Wampa. Wampa eats man. Woman <laughs> inherits the Wampa's lair. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, well, we had a fun matchup from the last episode, uh, which um, Katie, I know you, you're a big Clone Wars fan too. Oh yeah, and oh I've, yeah. I've been rewatching Clone Wars. I'm into. I'm halfway into season four now. I usually watch one or two at a time, and oh my god, like. I love Clone Wars. My God, is it a good show. I've um, been loving your tweets about them. They're just so <laughs> cute. You. They're like, you know, when I see you tweet about them in the morning, for me, it's usually like 7 a.m. when you're tweeting about them. And I'm just like, ah, he's watching his like Saturday morning cartoons. Every day. Yeah, I love I, my, yeah. Work, my work schedule is amazing where I can actually get up in the morning and uh, I don't have to go to work till noon every day. Um, oh, nice. It's awesome. So oh, I dang. get up and... Get up and watch a couple episodes of Clone Wars, which is great. So because of that, we have a, a very Clone Wars-inspired matchup from last episode where we pit um, Pong Krell versus Savage Opress. And um, unfortunately, Jason, took, J- Jason was kind enough to just send me all the just the number of results, which I really appreciate. Um, but unfortunately, because of that, like we're not going to be able to read everybody's comments. But I will say there were quite a few uh, of folks that responded. There were you know close to 30 this time. So thank you so much for that. Um, but as of right now, where it stands, the Larians say um, Pong Krell is on top with 15 votes, Savajo Press at 11, and then two folks gave it a tie. But what do you Ooh. think, Katie? Who takes this in the, this battle of the double-bladed lightsabers? Uh, first of all, I, do, I remember one comment was that uh, they would just have like a laser light show with all those double-spinning <laughs> lightsabers. I'm like, yeah, fact. With the Inquisitors <laughs> in the crowd just doing their swirlies, too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like their helicopter lightsabers <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i would go to that party i would lose several limbs but i would go to that party yeah <laughs> but as far as the matchup goes i have to give it to savage press um i i'm not actually sure that he has the martial prowess to uh to you know escape like all four spinning lightsabers however many pong Krell has but i just love savage press too much to not give it to him <laughs> so yeah i think he wins fueled by the power of love <laughs> that's fair yeah um man you know i was i was honestly like the first few um because I, I always do my best to, to read everybody's as they come in and and, and the initial push was um, very heavy for Savage, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he's so powerful. Um, he's got the power of the darks, you know, the 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 witches of Dathmir behind him. He's yeah. got Dooku training. I mean, right. And again, I apologize. I don't remember exactly who said this, but you know, there, I mean, there's that great episode where he literally just like force tosses like ragdolls, Anakin, Obi Wan, Asajj, yeah. and Dooku. I mean, these are now. Granted, that is like that's just a moment of like force rage. It doesn't mean he's inherently stronger than them because we know he's not but he does have a a very raw strength yeah he's like he's massive he's just this like you know beast his episode is like literally titled monster when he first comes in because that's what they they wanted him to be was just this like raw rage this like you know 
huge, massive mountain of rage. And I and I love that one episode where he just like decides to just ram someone with his heart. Oh yeah, <laughs> like he's a freaking goat or something. Yeah, and that's how he I kills Adi Gallia. Yeah, exactly. And I just like man, that's got to be hard on your neck, but not if you're Savage Opress. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. I mean, but, you know, of course, Pong Krell is also massive and he's got, you know, he's got two of those double bladed lightsabers where Savage only has one. So I, I don't know. That is a tough, tough opponent to beat. But I think Savage could pull it out because he, he is like very, he's sturdy. I think, you know, he could, he could lose an arm. He does lose an arm at one point and then just keep going. I, I don't know. I think, I think he'd pull it out in the end, especially if, uh, if his brother came to help him. It wouldn't even be a contest. Right. <laughs> Well, yeah, with Maul there, sure, it, it, they would definitely, definitely take take that one pretty easily. But you know what? Because yeah, I've been going back and forth in my head. Because we obviously get to see a lot more of that raw power that Savage has. Because he's 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 a main character for a few arcs, whereas oh, yeah. we only get the one arc with Krell. Um, and Krell is obviously an incredibly intelligent tactician, but that doesn't say much about his. I mean, his fighting skills. It, we see in a limited capacity. However, I will mm-hmm. say this. I think the thing that gives Pong Krell a bit of an edge is he does go against a squadron of clone troopers as, a po- as opposed to Savage who only has to fight battle droids in that one scene. Battle droids <laughs> are not nearly as as potent as the 501st. Uh, so yeah. um, I don't know. You know, This is actually really hard for me. My, my initial gut reaction was Savage for sure. Yeah. Just because of how he he goes with things, but mm-hmm. I this is the first time I've ever done this, Katie, and it's episode two ninety nine. So I'm gonna let myself do it. Oh, making it a tie. Oh, yeah, I'm coughing out. I am coughing out. <laughs> Jason gave it to Krell. He's in the fifteen. Oh. He he put himself in there. Um, so there I, I can't bring myself to say Krell just because Savage is so damn powerful. But yeah. Krell's also. Um, and a lot of folks commented about like they're like I hate Krell I want him to lose but I don't yeah. but I don't think he would and that's the, right like that's the mark of a great character when you oh, yeah. when you hate a character like that that's a good character right like yeah. um you know what's his face on uh, Game of Thrones um, Ramsey Bolton right like oh yeah he's a oh, great dang. character because you hate him so much that's great yeah. character writing. That's so perfect. Pong Krell is the Ramsey Bolton of Star Wars. Yeah. That, that makes so that makes too much sense, honestly. Yeah. Um, I just get like so offended. Like, okay, but like here's the thing. Like Darth Maul can like slaughter half a planet and I'm just sitting here like, Oh, precious, I love him. But then Pong Krell like refers to the clones by their numbers and I'm like, Rude, sir. You're rude. I don't like you. Boo. They are people. Oh, look at Maul. Look, did you see the way he just impaled that guy? That was beautiful. Oh, precious. <laughs> oh. I just like give Maul like a gold star and a cookie and send him on his way. Like, <laughs> a little baby off to destroy people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll give us a final Larian or a final tally at 15 for Ponkrell, 12 for Savage, and three ties. Three ties. So, oh, sorry that- I copped out. But luckily, even if I throw with Savage, he still loses. So, ah! um, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Ponkrell takes this one. So, um, uh, brother, I was an unworthy apprentice. <laughs> That's what he says. Like to die. You. <laughs> no. Savage, <laughs> why? Oh, nuts. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so at the end of the episode, uh, there'll be a, a different kind of poll for our, to celebrate our 300th episode next week. So Ooh. stick around for the end of, of the show for that. But oh, I'm on the edge of my seat, Carl. <laughs> if so, if you hear a thud while we're recording, it's Katie falling, <laughs> Katie falling out of said seat. So, <laughs> um, it's true, though. <laughs> so, man, like, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Shocking. I was thinking about Star Wars the other day. What and um and to be and and I I always like to be very I I'm happy owning the fact that I that I say things sometimes just out of kind of a knee jerk reaction right I've had some strong statements about things in Star Wars um I'm not gonna lie about that but I'm also extremely open to being proven differently or being or proving myself wrong um and one thing I I had an issue with initially with last jedi as did many fans was the fact that right like ray didn't get any training how is she so powerful (laughs) um and as i've watched last jedi more and more and especially watching it in close proximity to empire i realized that there's actually in some ways a lot of similarities um and that's kind of my thought process with this episode is just thinking about kind of responding to that critique and it's not to not responding in the sense of saying like if you if you have that critique that raid wasn't trained enough therefore you know that's not good i'm not saying that critique is invalid that's totally fine but hopefully this will be some food for thought of thinking in a different way um yeah, you're and, just being thoughtful about it. You're not like dismissing the critique. You're just you're like, oh, okay, well, let's talk that through. Let's think about it. Yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the importance of critiques. Like, it's fine mm-hmm. to have critiques. Um, you know, sadly, we we're, we live in a culture where all of our critiques tend to always be the knee jerk, you know, kind of very quick and emotive ones. But we mm-hmm. often tend to just forget to just think about things a bit afterwards. And again, I <laughs> I am victim of this <laughs> time and time again, and probably will be time and time again. Sadly, moving forward. But I think, like, if you do have a critique of something, it's important to, you know, look at look at your critique and, you know, justify it. Or mm-hmm. maybe you can't justify it because the critique is faulty and you need to see it in a new way. Um, and I think my critique of Ray Ray's training in Last Jedi is faulty. I think she actually does get some pretty good, different kind of training, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I think we need to talk about this in in context with empire strikes back right because Mm. that's that's where the critique is kind of being born out of right luke had this you know he had all this training by yoda on dagobah (laughs) where was Ray's? so my first thought is to go to let's go to empire strikes back let's look at what you know um what luke is actually taught there by yoda um and and to be fair right like ray and luke are the the heroes of their you know of their of their respective trilogies mm-hmm. and they both have something very similar happen in their first you know first films of said trilogies and um by the way i already used two sentences where i use the word said in what i consider to be a fancy way um <laughs> <laughs> but uh right so in obviously force awakens we see ray channel the force in a very innate you know powerful way to overcome a very wounded kylo mm-hmm. um, but the same thing is true of luke right like with the Death Star, Red One, you know, the, the yeah. Red Leader, who is probably a, a, a honed X-Wing pilot, can't manage to make that shot and, you know, into the thermal exhaust port. But this kid who's flying an X-Wing for the first time is able to do it. And it's, to me, the same reason Ray has that innate ability in Force Awakens, right? These, both of these characters have this raw strength 
in the force that now in the second act of these trilogies needs to be honed. And that's what, that's what happens for Luke on Dagobah. And I think that's, well, it happens. Well, especially in the first one, it happens when they both let go. When Ray finally opens herself to the force, that's when she's able to tap into that power. It's the same with Luke when Obi-Wan's spirit tells him to let go. And only then is he able to achieve it, you know, and blow up the Death Star. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's like that, that, uh, corny expression let go let god mm-hmm. more like let go let force <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> um, no that's a great that's what a what a beautiful uh like way of just putting that yeah Katie. like i really yeah. yeah like it is both about them letting go and they mm-hmm. both hear something right you know yeah. i can show you the ways of the force the force right? <laughs> you need a teacher <laughs> yeah it's, first time she closes her eyes like maz told her right close your mm-hmm. eyes feel it she feels it and then just goes with it yeah. In the same way that Luke does. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do. <laughs> Feel the force. Let go, let force. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I'm sorry, Katie. Um, <laughs> so uh, I want to, you know, so looking at Dagobah, oh, let's, let Katie, like, let's just put ourselves there for a moment, okay? Yeah, Luke's doing backflips over roots and stuff. <laughs> but let's, let's just let's just put ourselves on Dagobah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, how it's good swampy. is it? Oh, it's swampy. I gotta like swat the mosquitoes <laughs> on me. Ugh. There are no. there's no mosquitoes. We no I, mosquitoes. No evident. Just bog wings. The bog wings are the 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 precursor of porgs. If you think about it, okay. they're a little bit okay. slimier. They're not. I certainly don't want to cuddle with a bog wing. Um, <laughs> but we are here. Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I so I'm I'm very inconsistent with watching the Forces of Destiny sh- um, show, uh, mm-hmm. but one that I did watch and absolutely loved was one a little while back, right where we get that little episode of Luke on Dagobah with Yoda. Aww, I love yeah. that that little episode. It's so good because it's exactly the type of lesson Luke would be being taught by Yoda. Oh, it's yeah. so faithful oh, to that material from Empire. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm talking so much and still not getting to what I want to say. No, it's Man, all right. I should be a politician. I have, <laughs> um, I have that. Uh, I have that doll, the Luke Skywalker Forces of Destiny doll. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah, oh, he's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> he's showing off his guns. You know, he's got the yeah. sleeveless shirt. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, my power comes from the Force and my biceps <laughs> and my muscle, my awesome muscle. <laughs> I just like, oh my gosh, I watched that scene and I go, wow, farm boy got jacked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where were we at? We, so, oh, right, we're on Dagobah. We're on Dagobah. Like, and, and I'm surrounded by snakes. No yeah. mosquitoes, but like at least seven snakes. True. Like, cheese. All right. <laughs> True. I'm, I'm currently re-listening to the Empire Strikes Back radio drama. Have you ever listened to the radio dramas, Katie? No, I haven't. Except I need for the to, stuff that you've shown on Wampa's Lair. Yeah, the little s- clips. All right. I need to send them to you because they're oh, they will okay. cha- they will change your life. In my opinion, Definitely. yeah. Um, but th- it's a really cute one. Luke's sitting in Yoda's hut when he, you know, when he's first invited in for the <laughs> meal, and he's like, he's like, you know, oh man, there's all these snakes and lizards. And Yoda's response is, you know, oh, my friends, they are. <laughs> like, I just love <laughs> sure, that. Like Yoda. it's really cute. I think Yoda's been along too alone too long. <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> he started talking to snakes. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so okay, so on Dagobah, the training that Luke gets. To me, the heart of what Yoda is teaching Luke is kind of what you already said, Katie, but it's, it's mm-hmm. about letting go. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's ultimately mm-hmm. he's teaching Luke how to connect to the Force, how to feel it, how to touch it. Um, and he does that by trying to help Luke quiet his mind. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very – its sense of spirituality is very Eastern. And, and 
to be fair, most of these scenes were actually written by um, Kasdan, right? So Kasdan yeah. expanded the mythology of the Force and Empire, not really George. Like, George was part of it, but it was Kasdan who wrote all that stuff. And it's because mm. Kasdan is, you know, he was always very fascinated by Zen Buddhism. And it's very prevalent in, in the teachings of Yoda. Yeah. And the sense of, like, quiet your mind and center on the force connect to the force so that's really all he's teaching luke if you think about it the whole the whole running scene to me like that goes hand in hand with a lot of um like martial arts right a lot of traditional forms of martial arts throughout um asian cultures are ultimately like while they are in in part a fighting style they're also about training your mind and body right by like mm-hmm. getting your mind and body attuned to one another, you're more open to the world around you. And to me, that's the point of like the whole running and the somersaults is it's 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 a way of first uh, like learning to just quiet your body, to quiet your mind, to 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 kind of overcome your physicality in a way, so that mm-hmm. your your emotional level, your psychic level, if you will, is more centered, more balanced. Um, oh man, yeah, no, not to not to you know lead us too far afield, but that's the kind of stuff that Ray Park talks about all the time when he's talking about you know being Darth Maul and being a martial artist. Is how you know um, when he was Darth Maul, he didn't think too much about the contacts in his eyes and the horns on his hands, head, the the makeup on his face. You know when he was embodying that role, he was thinking about just like trusting his body. You know he has to do these like amazing backflips and stuff to to embody that character. And, and, you know, so he's not really, he talks about how he's not acting in that scene. He's just, his mind is so clear and so blank and just to, to trust his body to do what it needs to do. And, uh, that's, that's exactly what you're talking about, Carl. And yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, you know, so it's, you know, the scene when Luke, um, fails to raise the X-wing. Mm-hmm. It's you know Yoda's critique of him is is you know, you don't believe in yourself that's the problem mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, you have to feel the force right you have to believe in it you have to believe in yourself and in the power of the force and in your ability to use that power to tap into that power to be connected to that power and to me that's the deepest teaching Yoda has for Luke, right? Like a, a lot of folks love that scene in, in Empire Strikes Back, right? The Yoda's yeah. discourse on the force is what we say, <laughs> but it's less a discourse on the nature of the force than it is about your relationship to it. Right? Like I think mm. in a new hope, Obi-Wan gives us more of a discourse on the force, what it is, right? What it is in a kind of ontological level um, mm. to give it a definition, if you will. And Yoda mm. builds on that by making it more personal. Right. You have mm-hmm. to feel it around you, you know, between you, me, the tree, the, every, you know, you have to feel it. That's the big thing that he's stressing. It's mm-hmm. about connecting to it. Um, yeah. And that's the deepest teaching he's giving to Luke on Dagobah. It's not lightsaber combat. It's not how to force push. It's not about like it's not about powers. Ultimately, the powers mm-hmm. are simply to me the personification of of one's centeredness in the force, right? It can only come out of that first. So that's ultimately what Yoda is trying to teach Luke is first and foremost, I'm going to teach you how to connect to this thing. And then from that, right, a Jedi strength flows from the force. Mm -hmm. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, definitely. 
um, I was thinking uh, th- this idea of, of instinct is one that comes up uh, again and again in Star Wars. It, it comes up when Qui-Gon tells Anakin, feel, don't think, trust your instincts. Uh, Obi-Wan says it too. You must let go your conscious self and act on instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, let, let go of, of what's going on up here in your head and act on instinct. Clear your mind. These things are said again and again. And I think it, it's all driving towards this idea that, that, you know, Luke asks Yoda, well, how am I to know the good from the bad? And Yoda says, you will know when you are calm at peace. We always know what's right, you know, inside. And when we, you know, when we let go of, of all the stuff getting away in, in, inside of our heads, when we let go of that, when we let go, that's what Obi-Wan says, let go. <laughs> And act on that instinct. We know and we do what's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm gonna. I want to play a quick clip from, from yeah. Empire Strikes Back because uh, there's a few things I want to. I want to point out here. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. So here we go. Yes, run. Yes, a Jedi's strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side: anger, fear, aggression. The dark side of the Force are they. Easily they flow. Quick to join you in a fight. If once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny, consume you at will, as it did Obi-Wan's apprentice. Vader, is the dark side stronger? No. 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 Quicker, busier, more seductive. But how am I to know the good side from the bad? You will know when you are calm, at peace, passive. So, you know, this to me is, right, this is his first lesson, right, if you want mm-hmm. to break it down from, from Last Jedi um, perspective. You know, and the first lesson, first, first teaching, a Jedi strength flows from the Force, right? So mm-hmm. you have to be connected to it. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. But here's the big thing about Yoda that Luke kind of fails with in Last Jedi initially. Mm-hmm. Yoda immediately, what's, as soon as he says that, you know, Jedi strength falls from the force. But beware. He mm. immediately is teaching out of his failure, right? Mm. Which is what he tells Luke in Last Jedi, right? You have to teach everything you learn, even teach from the failures. And that's what Yoda's doing right here. How many times in Empire and then again in Return of the Jedi does he warn Luke about the power and temptation of the dark side? He's mm. teaching out of his failure. Right? That's true. Like if he doesn't you, shy away from the topic of Vader. You yeah. know the way that Luke does with uh, he he talks about Kylo, but he doesn't talk about his his own role and what happened to Kylo. You know he doesn't he he's not really honest with Ray, and he doesn't talk about that failure the way he should. Yeah, you know, and and but Yoda, I think, is very honest. He no, he doesn't go into the whole like, well, I first met him when he was ten years old. You know, he, he doesn't <laughs> go into all of that about Vader, but he does. He's very honest about what happened to to Vader, and you know what led him down the dark side. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, you know, that was just as I was watching it the other day, it kind of hit me. I'm like, wait a minute. Because, yeah. you know, I was thinking in Last Jedi, I was like, okay, you know, when he, his final discourse to Luke there in Last Jedi, right, about, you know, failure mm-hmm. is the greatest teacher of all. I'm like, I thought to myself, I was like, well, 
hmm, I wonder if Yoda failed too. Does he teach from his failure? And then when I was watching Empire the other day and I heard that line, I'm like, yes, like right away. Yeah. Right at the beginning of the training. He is teaching Luke in a way that's different than how he would have taught in the time of the prequel era. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, gosh. Yeah. There's, you never hear from any of the Jedi teachers consistent warnings about the dark side. Mm-hmm. Because the the last Jedi who like fell to the dark side, it's been generations, right? Yeah. I mean, Dooku. I mean, because initially, right, they didn't think Dooku fell to the dark side. They just thought he left. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, you have here Yoda teaching in light of his failure, and I just think mm-hmm. that's really mm-hmm. important. But right, that- yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Because in the prequels, it's all about attachment. What they were, what they warn against is attachment. Yeah. You know, they don't really, they don't really warn about. Well, you, you're going to fall to the dark side and become a Sith. That's not, you know, that's not something they're they're overly concerned about. Because again, they didn't know that Dooku became a Sith Lord. Not at first. They just they just thought he up and left. You know. Yeah. And and so yeah, he's teaching. A, Yoda is teaching a very different lesson in Empire than he would have in the prequels. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. you know. It, and it, it's in light of what happens with Anakin and what happens mm-hmm. to the Jedi Order in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with Luke is now now you have another person who's going to fall. We, and again, we don't know the particularities yet of what caused Ben to fall. Mm. Um, but Luke struggles with whatever that is, too. Um, yeah. Struggles to teach him in light of that. But but anyway, just you know, to go back into to, to the heart of Empire here, mm-hmm. I think all of these training sequence sequences on Dagobah are about teaching Luke to simply connect to the force. And from that, everything else will flow, Mm -hmm. right? That's, that's the root of everything. And once you have that connection, um, and once you have that, that inherent trust and belief, both in the force and yourself, that's when you're going to be your strongest. Um, and that's what I, to me, like in a nutshell, that's really what Luke's training is all about on Dagobah. Really nothing Mm -hmm. more than that. Um, and then when we get to Return of the Jedi, well, whatever he did on his own was enough to warrant him to be a Jedi Knight in no longer need of training. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, yes, <laughs> I am a Jedi. Well, one thing remains, Vader, right? But that's, <laughs> th- that's like the last crux of his test of, of, of mm-hmm. what it really means to, for him to be a Jedi, right? That's a personal step. But he doesn't yeah. require any more of the technical training. Yeah. Right? So he, he, it's not like he gets a ton of training the, ultimately he's he's I, I like that the first training scene is a physicality thing right it's yeah it's working those muscles right it's somebody like <laughs> who, who enjoys working out like you need to keep working those muscles you in order for them to get stronger well mm-hmm. luke struggles with belief luke struggles with the belief in himself and the belief in the force so everything yoda's doing is just strengthening that muscle that conviction of belief yeah um, and, yeah. yeah. And I also like, I mean, Yoda, you know, makes a point to say that we're more than crude matter, but I think the crude matter is important because the crude matter is how we interact with the world, you know? Yeah. And so moving and exercising that crude matter, I think, is, is equally important. And of course, it, it's important to remember that we are more than this. And, you know, we, we need that, that mental and spiritual exercise as well. But I think, you know, when, when, it, when, it, when it all harmonizes, when body and mind can work together <laughs> when they can both be exercised then then that's balance <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um 
Yeah, and um, the thing is, is mm-hmm. Luke. Well, so you know, fast forward, looking at yeah. Last Jedi, looking mm-hmm. at that first lesson, which to me, in in a way, is a training scene. Yeah. Luke, you know, he is he's teaching her what he learned on Dagobah mm-hmm. about how to connect to it, right? Reach out, breathe, feel. What do you see? What do you feel? You know, she and he teaches her how to just simply connect to the force. Mm-hmm. So Luke passes on that lesson from Dagobah. Yeah. But then she connects, you know, she has something with the dark side come up. And this mm-hmm. is where, again, Luke strays from from Yoda's teaching. Yeah. Um, and you made this point. We were briefly texting this morning. So I, I don't want to steal <laughs> it. Like, and you made a great point. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can definitely I have a lot of feelings about this, about how um, on Dagobah, when Luke is drawn towards that dark side tree and he's like, something's not right here. It's cold. And Yoda says, the domain of evil it is, and you must go. Uh, you know, he, he encourages Luke to, well, says that he has to confront this dark side in order for his training to be complete. But when Ray makes a similar connection, when she is, um, you know, connecting to everything around her and realizing that that same force, that balance is inside of her, that's when the dark side of the island calls to her as well. You know, it, it, it has something it needs to show her, something she needs to confront. And what's Luke's reaction? resist it ray he and he chastises her for being drawn right towards the dark when even though that was an integral part of his training you know we we have to confront these things instead of ignoring them and pretending that they're not there um so you know as you say luke is is (laughs) definitely straying away from from this um idea of teaching from his failures you know um gosh i have (laughs) I have a lot to say about that. I think for me, the way I interpret that, you know, not only is it a natural progression of Luke's um, character arc, you know, uh, failing as a teacher and, and learning to, to teach from that failure, you know, failing with Kylo and then learning how to, you know, um, teach Ray <laughs> and learn from failure, all of that. It, that's a very natural progression of his character arc. But I also think it means that Ray and Luke are on very different journeys. Luke of course was on a classic hero's journey. I interpret Ray as on a classic heroine's journey, which is different from the hero's journey. They're related, but they're very different. The hero's journey is about um, wholeness through, um, uh, through identity, through um, the proclamation of I am, you know, the hero learns who they are and they're able to, you know, uh, they journey inside the self. There's a whole cycle, of course, to, uh, to the hero's journey. And, uh, you know, after, after they go inside the self and they're able to bring their findings out into the world and say, I am, of course, Luke does this. I am a Jedi. Um, in Disney, you can see this in Moana. Her, you know, even though she's a girl, she goes on a hero's journey instead of a heroine's journey, and uh, her art culminates when she when she sings that great song at the end, and she says, "I am Moana." That's the question that's been asked to her throughout that whole movie. Mo- who are you? And she's able to finally say it to claim that identity. That's her hero's arc. A heroine's journey is about a uh, wholeness. Instead of through identity, it's about wholeness through duality, um, merging uh, traditionally the feminine and the masculine. This can be seen as uh, you know the light and the dark. 
uh, when we're able to reconcile these things in a heroine's journey, that's when wholeness, oneness for the heroine is achieved. Um, and so I think that's what's happening with Ray uh, in her arc. Instead of it being a hero's journey, I'm seeing more of a heroine's journey where she is destined to reconcile these things. She's been told to stay away from the dark side, um, un- you know, unlike Luke. Uh, and so she's going to be able to reconcile these two things. Hmm. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's so important to point out then that, you know, mm-hmm. like that difference that mm-hmm. Yoda has with like, I, I love the way you put it. Like Yoda encourage Yoda's the one that tells mm-hmm. him and you must go right. Like Yoda's the yeah. one that tells Luke to go into that cave. But like you said, it's Luke is Luke's response is resist it, Ray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Luke does, you know, obviously right after that, he gives the context to it. Like, you know, you went straight to the dark. And yeah. I've only seen this raw strength once before in Ben Solo. Right? So that's obviously, that's what's, that's the wound that makes Luke a f- kind of fail mm-hmm. in, in a sense as a teacher, right? He still, that wound still defines a lot of Luke. Um, yeah. And, uh, like I said, yeah. it's a it's a very natural progression for Luke's character arc. Um, but when we remember that Luke isn't the main character, when right. we remember that this is Ray's story, yep. um, we can then see what Luke represents for Ray. And in a in a heroine's journey, there's usually two sides pulling at the heroine. Uh, the um, there will be the uh, the the light side, the father figure that that encourages her to stay pure and chaste and virginal. That's Luke. And then there's the dark side that will then seek to exploit um, the the heroine's sexual awakening. That's Snoke, who then exploits uh, Ray's, you know, uh, feelings for Kylo. I don't know, romantic her 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 feelings, her desire to save him. Uh, however, you want to interpret that, um, you know, we uh, again in Disney terms, we can see this in the Little Mermaid. There's the the father figure who wants the Little Mermaid to stay under the sea and stay pure and chaste and virginal, and then the sea witch that then exploits the mermaid's feelings for the prince. And then what ultimately happens in the hero- in the heroine's journey is that she is neither of these things. She is able to find wholeness, and she is neither a virgin nor uh, a whore. <laughs> mm. She is one and whole. She, uh, you know, you, you don't have to choose between these two sides. You're complete in of yourself. And so the mermaid, the little mermaid. Um, grows beyond the father. You know, she she becomes human and lives on land. She slays the witch, uh, grows beyond the father, and becomes her own woman. And that's pretty much what happens with Ray. You know, she grows beyond Luke, the father, and she uh, with Kylo is able to slay Snoke. And you know, so she's working towards that wholeness, towards mm. you know, building that that oneness, that wholeness, that identity of herself. Wow, that's awesome, Katie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. I've just never, I've never been familiar with that that journey. I never knew there was a heroine's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, no, that's. Uh, I mean, this it's basically why I'm such a Raylo is because that's what I see uh, when, when when I look at Ray's journey. I see so much of the classic heroine's journey, and when I look at Kylo, I I see. Uh, basically a reflection of Ray. I see what he represents um, for Ray, the the main character. And in a classic heroine's journey, um, like uh, Beauty and the Beast, what the Beast represents, what Kylo represents for our heroine is her internal darkness. And when she's able to heal that wounded masculine, it heals 
the darkness inside herself as well. And again, they're able to achieve oneness, wholeness. So it, I, was, I had to bring it back to Raylo. Of course I did. <laughs> it's an important part of her, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, this is, this yeah. is why I love having you on the show, Katie. Like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Seriously. Like that, that is a perspective one that I just don't know, don't have. And, and that's just so yeah. cool. Like I, Right. Yeah. I think I think some fans still really struggled with Last Jedi simply because they wanted it to be about Luke more. But right, mm-hmm. we we know. I mean, ultimately that was JJ. I mean, he was very clear. Like that was why he didn't yeah. bring Luke into the dead last scene. He's like, anytime I brought him in, he just took over the movie, and it's not his story anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that. I think that's the first thing we as Star Wars fans. We just have to consent to that reality. Luke's not our hero anymore, even though yeah. he still was a hero in that movie. He's still, oh, yeah. Oh, he's um, definitely a hero in that movie. He's, I mean, he's, he's such a powerful force. He's, you know, a, almost a creature unto himself. You know, this, this big legend. <laughs> you know, that's his whole arc is the ma- being the man and living the legend. <laughs> but he's not the main character. Yes, he's awesome. And yes, he has a big role to play. But the, the arc, the journey is not his. Yeah. And I'm really sorry, all of the Luke Skywalker fans, he had his journey. He had his turn. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it, I'm just, is, it's about Ray. Yeah. Well, what you were just saying by bringing that, you know, the Raylo thing in and uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see something happen with that. Cause there is mm-hmm. Raylo. That is a thing, whether it's a romantic thing or not is up for debate. Yeah. Um, but Right in the same way that Luke's fate was intertwined with his father's throughout Empire mm-hmm. and Jedi, that's going to be the case with Rey now with with Kylo, yeah. right? Like, and and again, I don't think we'll get a scene exactly like this because it's mm-hmm. too much on the nose to return to the Jedi. But I could see <laughs> you know Rey consulting with Luke's Force Ghost, something about Kylo and him saying like he's you know he's kind of your final step, right? Like you have yeah. to you have to re- rectify this in some way, shape, or form. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that is really important that like, and it's a different kind of relationship, which is great. It's not another father daughter or anything like that. It's just, it's something totally different, which I think is important. Yeah. Um, I think it's fascinating. This is the first time that instead of a a master and apprentice or, you know, yeah, father and son, we have two people, they're half of each other and they exist in the same time. You know, they're, they're similar ages. They're not, you know, one is one is a, a teacher, a father figure to a child figure. It's there. They exist in the same time. That's the only way I can think to say it is that they're, they're both existing now. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and just but just in, in thinking about that comparison again. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Luke is not up front with Ray until the like mm-hmm. until right before she leaves about what actually happens with Ben. Mm-hmm. Well, think about this. Yoda yeah. does not disclose yeah. that Vader is Anakin, mm-hmm. right? To Luke and Empire. Yeah. He's not there yet, right? Like, he, he tells Luke in Return of the Jedi, you know, not ready for the burden, were you? Yeah. Um, in the same way that Obi-Wan doesn't tell him the full truth um, mm-hmm. and, and A New Hope. Luke's not there yet. He's not ready for that truth. Um, and so I. I want to go back to something um, that's quintessential to how Ryan Johnson understood the relationship of Luke, the Force, and Rey when he was writing Last Jedi. And, and he, he, he says this in the, uh, the Art of book. Mm-hmm. He talks about Luke's kind of purpose on Octu. The reason he cuts himself off from the Force is he sees 
um, the cycle of Jedi and Sith is something that continually perpetuates itself. So mm-hmm. that's why he's cut himself off because his 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 purpose is by doing so, it, it will force the fo- it will force the force to come <laughs> up with a new uh, you know it'll find a new way to bring the light out something mm-hmm. different from the old way. That's kind yeah. of Luke's purpose, um, and while he's not actively looking for what that might be, that's his hope. Well, Ray is that light, yeah. um, and she does show up in need, and I think. And again, this is just my perspective. I want to hear what you think in response. Yeah, yeah. When she's having that moment on Octu, and mm-hmm. Luke, you know, she she's feeling herself connected to the Force, you know, and and and, and feels it within herself. And Luke says, mm-hmm. you know, "That's the lesson, you know. If the Jedi die, the light still exists, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it, the light doesn't require the Jedi." Um, but then all of a sudden, boom, she clicks into the dark side. Yeah, I'm wondering if almost if like that was if Ray just stayed there in the force and in the light, if maybe mm-hmm. Luke would have been like, huh, maybe this is the force speaking to me. But as soon as she goes right to the dark, yeah. he it, he's like, whoa, nope, that's just going to perpetuate the old way of doing things. See a, see a kid, right? Like yeah. not doing this again. <laughs> so just, just curious, you know, um, I wonder if that could have been the breaking point for Luke. Like had she just stayed there in the light and rejected, yeah. you know, resisted, you know, the, the dark side, would he have maybe then said, Hmm, I wonder if this is it, but because he's not capable of seeing that because she isn't afraid of the dark um, mm-hmm. and he's still right. And that wound is still with him from Ben. I, I don't know. I, I, what do you think? I think, I think, yes, that would have been ideal. You know, he, you know, oh, here comes Ray and she's this great, perfect hope, you know, and, and as soon as the dark side comes a knock in, she's like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I don't think that's that's realistic. And I, you know, to quote Han Solo, that's not how the Force works. You can't <laughs> sit there and open yourself up to the Force. You can't. I, I don't. I think there's a reason she sits up there and she feels everything. She feels life and death. You know, she's if she's going to touch the light, then she's also going to touch the dark. That's that's just always going to be there. And mm-hmm. so for Luke to kind of expect it not to call to her and her to with no training whatsoever just you know not at all be intrigued by what's down there i i think that was unrealistic for luke to hope for so yeah if ray had been perfect yes that could have reawakened luke but i don't think that was ever going to happen i don't think that's what the force is for i don't think you know i think there's the light and the dark and the force is that balance yeah, you know, between between it all, that's what right. Luke says, and between it all, an energy, a force, and inside me, that same force, um, and so I think I lost where I was going with that. What do you think? <laughs> no, I no, I think you're spot on with that. I mean, it goes back. I think that links back to what you were just saying earlier about the heroine's journey, right? About, yeah, that's where I was going. Go ahead, please. <laughs> Oh yeah, well that you know, of course, uh, if we, if we look at what what Luke represents to Ray in the heroine's journey, you know, being the father figure who wants her to stay pure and virginal, you know, of course that would be his ideal would be for her to be all like, oh, dark side, sexual awakening, maturity, don't want none of that. Of course, <laughs> that's what he would want, you know, being the father figure in the heroine's journey. But it's not 
the heroine's job to stay pure and virginal forever. That's not how you reach maturity. That's not how you reach wholeness and oneness inside yourself. Um, you know, ob- obviously, obviously, it's what the father wants, but right. <laughs> that's not her job. And that's her also not how you create, up. right? Like, huh? not how yeah. you create. You can't be a yeah. virgin and create. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean this yeah. like obviously like in a very yeah. stark way that means sexually, really. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if we all stayed virgins and pure, well, there goes human <laughs> existence. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it's so on. I think we're really on to something contextualizing Ray's arc as a as a heroine's journey, as a you know sexual awakening, as a young woman coming into maturity, because she says something inside me yeah. is awake and I don't know what to do with it. And when Luke isn't honest with her, when he doesn't talk to her as a grown up, where she she goes to Kylo Ren. Yeah. You know? And Snoke is then able to exploit it. You know? I I think we're on to something. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This that's great. You know, yeah. and um Yeah, like both Luke and Ray show up mm-hmm. to their prospective masters. Yeah. On beautiful planets. Um, that's right. Dega was beautiful. Okay. Um, sure, but, but Carl. They're, right, they're very different characters when they go there in both of their own journeys, right? Luke goes yeah. there because his former master tells him to, right? Mm-hmm. Luke knows that he's got this power in him. Luke knows he's somebody of merit and value. He knows that when he goes to Dagobah. Yeah. And I think that, in a way, also perpetuates his, his anxiety, his yeah. and like right like well, I I just need to find him right like his his lack of patience in some yeah. way I think is rooted in a sense of entitlement and I'm not saying Luke is like some snobby entitled yeah. kid. that's not what I mean but he does have a sense of entitlement that Ray certainly doesn't have yeah um right like Luke kind of comes to understand that Obi Wan's always been looking out for him and wants to teach yeah. him and he comes from a great Jedi Knight like Luke has this entitled past. Mm-hmm. That takes him to Dagobah and anxiously makes him need to, like, you know, make that flourish right away. Yeah. Well, there, there, and, there is something very it, – it, it's such a young hero thing to do to just kind of expect, well, I am here now. Train me. Yes. I, are, I'm what you were waiting for, right? I'm I'm the main character. I'm the right. – I'm – what the story centers around, you know yeah. what I mean? I think he expected to show up on Dagobah and Yoda just be all like, oh, yeah, I was waiting for you. Come here. Let's go. We're, we're going right, right now. Yeah. I don't think he expected to have to convince Yoda. Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a great scene in the A New Hope radio drama. I got it. Katie, mm-hmm. these are so good. Yeah, and do it's, it. Oh, it's, I'll um, it today, yeah. It's a scene in because there's so much expand. There's so many expanded scenes because it's like 13 hours of content for a two hour movie. Um, And there's a scene on the Millennium Falcon on their way to Alderaan where uh, Ben Kenobi starts teaching Luke some of the different forms of lightsaber defense. And Luke's really struggling with it. And he goes, well, why don't I just stick to the blaster? You know, I'm pretty good with that. And Obi-Wan just says, like, no, like, you need to learn this. It's going to take time. It's a lifetime of learning. Mm is essentially mm-hmm. what he says, right? Like Luke's impulse is just to be impulsive because he's yeah. young, right? So yeah. I don't say you this. You are reckless. I'm right. sorry, I'm not as good at Yoda as yeah. Jason is. <laughs> you are reckless. Yeah, whoa. There God. you go. No, that's no good either. That was so bad. Oh, no. uh, it was better than mine. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, but right, like, so I don't say these things to indict Luke, but mm-hmm. it just shows that they're different. Like, yeah. he's yeah. not afraid of his connection to the Force because he's been told it's a good thing. 
But yeah. Ray shows up still not really knowing what the hell it is. Um, her only other experience of a force user is Kylo, um, yeah. who is not such a good dude, right? Like he just slayed his father and yeah. who she was yeah. starting to see as a father figure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I love that you bring it that point in too, right? Where Ray does like, there's something inside me and I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, but that's why I do think Luke does give her in some way the best type of training. Like I said earlier, mm-hmm. Like she got all she needed from Luke. The yeah. difference between Ray and Luke, as well as characters, Luke, even though he does have a, a, a like that sense of a little bit of entitlement for being trained, Luke struggles to believe he can do it. Um, whereas Ray is not in that boat at all. Ray is extremely yeah. confident. She's afraid of what this thing is, but mm-hmm. as soon as Luke teaches her, it's not something to be afraid, but to be embraced. Yeah, boy. You've just woken yeah. her up. And the scene they give her give us of her training with her staff and then upgrading to the lightsaber, that's mm-hmm. just telling us again right there, like this girl knows how to fight. It comes from her own experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, she yeah. I, I mean I'm sure that, that Luke had to fight off his share of Tuscan Raiders and stuff on the farm. Yeah. But but Ray, I think, had to fight every day. Right. And she <laughs> didn't have, single day. And she didn't have a gun. Right. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have a gun. So how does she teach herself to defend herself? Well, it's with Mm -hmm. melee weapons. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So again, and so to kind of just bring this back around where we started, this is not to say if you still have a critique that Ray, you know, is just too darn powerful for not being trained again, feel free to hold that. That's fine. But Mm -hmm. I'm just. What I am seeing, though, is is Luke does give her the heart of what he learned on Dagobah, which Mm -hmm. is to connect, to trust, to believe in the Force and how to connect to it. Luke gives her that tool. Luke gives her the greatest tool he could have, which is teaching her simply to connect to it and not be afraid of that. And now Ray can run with that. Ray already has the confidence to do something amazing with it. And that's what she's going to do. And now she's even got the ancient Jedi text. Oh, <laughs> so, I love that. And, uh, you know, so if, love, if Luke huh? is capable, well, if Luke is capable of teaching himself enough on his own yeah. to come back to Dagobah and Yoda say, no more training do you require. And yeah. to also up his lightsaber game enough to overpower Vader just six months later. I, yeah. I, I, I still don't know what the canon separation is between Empire and Jedi. I've Me heard either. six months to like a year. three, five years. No, no, it's, <laughs> The longest, no, it can't be five. Yeah, yeah. The, the I mean, the break is only three between A New Hope and Empire. Oh, okay. Um, and then I think Emp- the longest I've heard for Empire and Jedi is a year. The a shortest year? I've heard is six months. Oh uh, gosh. So hey, okay. where if you're listening and you actually know this, please let us know. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, exactly. I'd love to know if there is a canon answer to that because I don't know that there <laughs> is. Um, but anyway, if Luke can yeah. do that on his own, there's no reason Ray can't as well. And oh, yeah. you know and. It, what do we see Ray even do the rest of the movie? Well, we see her get manip, you know, like literally manhandled by Snoke. So mm-hmm. she clearly doesn't have anything there. And then she fights some Praetorian guards who aren't, for all we know, at all intents and purposes, they're not force users. They're just well-trained guards. Well, yeah, exactly. Ray yeah. knows how to fight. And now she does have, you know, some level of connection to the force, which gives her an edge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she does. She does. She does well enough. But let's also be fair. Kylo takes the brunt of them. Right. <laughs> he takes out the majority of them. Which mm-hmm. I think is I important. think that's true. Yeah, um, Ray Ray does get hers a couple. You know, she gets a couple, but oh, uh, yeah. but yeah, I'm it was d- definitely a team effort, <laughs> right? And I'm not diminishing what Ray does get, but oh yeah, I yeah. I, I think that scene 
that scene just i mean in and of itself is amazing because it's to me one of the coolest fight scenes ever um, oh, I love that scene. But it does a lot to also like make sense with all the people who are like, oh, geez, I thought Kylo was going to be tough. He can't even take Ray. Um, well, yeah, again, uh, he's really, really injured. And, yeah. But also, like, I think for Kylo here as well, like him, the fact that he does take on a few extra mm-hmm. does show, like, yeah, this dude's powerful. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, so like, again, I don't see Ray in Last Jedi doing anything that's beyond the means of what she's already learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I think for all of us who, again, starting with Empire, looking at what does Luke ultimately learn there? Well, Yoda teaches him to trust and to believe in the power of the Force within him. Well, yeah, Ray already the Force yeah, around him. Yeah, Ray mm-hmm. already feels it, so Luke teaches her how to touch it and to connect mm-hmm. it and embrace it. So he gives her what he he gave to her what he learned on Dagobah, and in a way, she's in a better place to do more with that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think she, she really is that spark that's going to reignite the Jedi. You know, of course I think Luke was, was supposed to do the same thing, but I think Ray is in a much, much healthier, much better place to do that. Uh, You know, of course that was Luke's whole struggle in the last Jedi is, you know, he was trying to figure out what was so wrong with the Jedi that they need to die. It's time for the Jedi to end. And I think Ray is that, that light that's going to, you know, bring them back pure and better than they were before. And I really hope she digitizes those Jedi texts, (laughs) digitize those texts, Ray. (laughs) Like, how great would that be if they were just, like, on the hollow net instead of, like, you know, those those sacred Jedi teachings, you know, being hidden away from somewhere and only a few people get to look at it. You know, how great would it be if Broom Boy could just go on the hollow net and there's <laughs> the Jedi teachings? Like, ah, oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Digitize those texts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I think that's... I- I think that we just did a damn good job of talking about this. I think so too. Yes. Good job. Us round of applause for great, us. Great, great job team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the crowds are going nuts. Can't do an episode of Wampus Lair without some Foden bead. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah. So, uh, Katie, thank you for, for being able to, to, to join me and, and for your, you're incredibly deep and thought provoking thoughts. I can't thank you enough for that. I just, I'm so glad we got into this discussion on the heroine's journey, something I had no idea about. So thank you for teaching me. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Gave you a little crash course there through in some Disney yeah. references. Yeah. Yeah. And, and while I'm, I don't know tons of Disney, I knew everything you mentioned. So I'm, I, okay. I, I it made plenty of sense to me. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so everybody like uh, this is, episode 299 and next week is our 300th episode um yeah yeah. so to be fair jason has not been around for all 300 um (laughs) what a slam just just throwing some shade at jason for for not being here um can't even defend himself sorry everybody Um, but no, in all seriousness, I, 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 God, I am so excited for our 300th episode next week. And, um, we got, we, we definitely have plans on what we, what we want to talk about. Um, but we also want to welcome you and this is where the poll comes in. So our poll for next week's episode is we just want you to share with us 
either your favorite moment, your favorite segment, your favorite episode, or your favorite um, uh, just general thing about the Wampus Lair. So um, oh, I know man. that's very broad, but you know when you when you think of the Wampus Lair, what is it about it? What is your you know what are your favorite elements or segments or moments or even episodes that we've done? Um, over these this course of nearly 300 episodes now um that is the poll i know that is an extremely self-serving poll but <laughs> i think with 300 in i think we i think we can earn some level of that um i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to make you a top five moment excellent top five carl and jason moments with some like three honorable mentions <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i love it yes um but uh, yeah, so definitely you know share that with us if if, if you have the time because we'd be really curious what you guys enjoy so much about the show. Um, because well, one because it's just nice to know, and secondly, yeah. also, also it's some nice information that you know three hundred is a nice milestone. It's always good to think about new things to do moving forward. So it's always helpful to know what what you all uh, like the most. So maybe we can do more of it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so definitely be sure to to do that. Um. And uh, yeah, so Katie, as always, thanks for taking the time to be on. Um, I have a two-part episode coming up right as we're on the other side of our 300th episode that I've not told either you or Jason about, but you're both (gasps) going to be involved in it, and it's going to be great. All I will say is this. For the first time ever, after 300 episodes, finally will we do a top 10. So that's why we'll need two episodes. I'm so intrigued, Jason. Uh, not Jason, Carl. Jason's not here. I'm talking to his force ghost. Wait, wait. I said I was on the edge of my seat, and now I'm yeah. just going to like Thumb. fall up. Like, <laughs> I'm even more on the edge of my seat. So, so I'm on the floor. And it's it's, it's it's the type of th- it's a great thing to start a, to start with this idea of doing a top ten, and and mm-hmm. I will I will have to tell both of you what it is, and I think all of you listening will enjoy it as well. Um. Cool. So, so, but please join us next week for for the three hundredth episode, and ultimately, what Jason and I ho- hope to do next week is just talk about how doing three hundred episodes of a Star Wars podcast has changed and shaped our perspective of Star Wars. Um, because we're pretty damn lucky that we get to do this. We're very privileged that we both have the means to have the literal technology to do it, but also the time in which to devote to planning, scheduling, and putting on these shows. And I think that having that privilege has also given us, we're privileged to now have a very different perspective, I think, on our sense of what it means to be a Star Wars fan and and how that shaped us. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that, plus some of our favorite things that we've done over 300 episodes on the show. And of course, one of them, of course, will be you, Katie. Having (laughs) you join the show is definitely one of the biggest highlights we've had. Yes. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this episode. Like I'm just I'm just going to listen to it, you know. I'm not even going to be on it. I'm just going to listen to it. I'm so excited <laughs> to hear this like Wampo's wear uh le- retrospective. And I just think that's fascinating, you know, cuz so much has changed yeah. over, you know, like from where you started the podcast. I mean, I just don't I don't mean things have changed internally within the podcast cuz right. of course they have. You both have grown, you know, the show has grown, but I mean so much has changed within Star Wars yes. that I can't wait to hear your thoughts your memories i just i'm so excited i'm here for it <laughs> you're here for it you're very kind um <laughs> but uh so yeah so that's the, kind of what we'll be getting to next week and 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 then like i said in the, the upcoming weeks as well we'll have some fun top 10 for you mm-hmm. um so yeah please be sure to to get in touch with us over on um 
on our social media and let us know some of your favorite things about the Wampuslair podcast. And of course, you can um, do that on Twitter at Wampuslair, um, on Facebook at Wampuslair Podcast. You can send us an email. Even feel free to record a short audio clip if you'd like. We'll play it on the show. You can email that to Podcast at gmail.com. And again, I want to plug our Patreon. I, I've been very active on our Patreon with these new solo soundtrack breakdowns. Um, so if you just pledge $1 over on our Patreon page, um, you'll you'll continue to open these, these mini episodes, which I know I'm going to have a lot of fun doing. So, And to all of you who are already on the Patreon, of course, thank you for, for that level of support. We really appreciate it. But Katie, you're always tweeting out amazing thoughts and feelings on Star Wars. So <laughs> remind us where we can follow you as well. You guys can follow me at Poe Hot Dameron on Twitter. Absolutely reach out to me there. I would love to talk to you about Star Wars because the more of my day I can spend talking about Star Wars, the happier I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that's going to do it for this 299th episode of The Wampa's Lair. Um, This has been an episode titled Force Training. For Jason and Katie, I am Carl. We will see you next week for episode 300 of The Wampa's Lair. <laughs>